0: Welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host Jared Baldwin. I'm glad to have you with us today on this Friday, February 2nd, 2018, 3:04 p.m., here at the KHMG Studios, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries, from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. This is Live Till Five on KHMG. I'm glad to have you with us, episode 251. Last week was episode 250. Now already into our, I don't know, what do you call it when it's uh, beyond the first 250? Is that a sequicentennial centennial or something like that? I'm not sure. There's probably some term for that, which I don't know. But yeah, episode 251 on this Friday, February 2nd. Glad to have you with us. We're in a new month in this new year and it's a beautiful day here on Guam. If you ever miss part of the show tune in Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights 7 to 9pm catch us on The Rebound if you miss part of the show we'd love for you to tune back in not just on the radio dial but you can listen to the radio without a radio. Go to khmg.org and listen to our live stream anytime any place you have internet access. khmg.org you can listen you can also download different apps to your smart devices your phone your Tablet, your computer, and listen through a stream through that app. And then, of course, the podcast is available. After the show is over, Chris does his little digital magic on it, and then it appears on the website. You can download the podcast and listen at your leisure. And we know a number of people do that. So glad to have you with us today. Have a lot in store today. Our theme today is a little bit of potpourri. And we've had at least two or three other potpourri shows. So this is probably like potpourri number four, but a little variety here. We have the Super Bowl coming up. I want to talk a little bit about the U.S. Naval Academy. We have some By the Numbers, This Day in History, What's in My Coffee, and Happy Little Accidents. Plus another regular segment that we have, which I'll start off with right now, is the facts about this month, the different observances and things like that. It is February. February. And as I looked up the name February, you know, a lot of the names of the months are, are pretty intuitive, but February, if you've never read up on it, it might not make a lot of sense to you. The word February was derived from the word februra, which translates to purification or cleansing. Adapted from the Roman festival of purification, the pre-spring ritual, februro, literally means I purify by sacrifice. The month of February is the only month that can pass without a full moon in common years. The next time uh, that we would wit- witness such a scenario is actually this year, 2018. There will be no full moon in the month of February. Well, that's because the last day of January had the super blood new moon or new blood super moon or blood new super moon. It was a three, three descriptive things there. Anyway... Before 2002, Super Bowl Sunday was held on the last Sunday in January, but since 2002, it's more commonly held the first Sunday of February. Uh, In common years, February starts on the same day of the week as March and November. And on a leap year, it starts the same day of the week as August. February also is known as Black History Month and as its annual observance uh, month in the U.S., Canada, and the United Kingdom, remembering African-American people and events, in that month as well. So, February, there's a lot happening, including, and this list is provided to us, of course, by our faithful companion, Bob the Librarian. Sends me these all the time. Let's see here, February. Adopt a Rescued Rabbit Month. Who would have thought? Um, African American History Month. AMD Low Vision Awareness Month. American Heart, American History. Avocado and Banana, not at the same time, but Avocado and Banana Month, Bake for Family Fun Month, Beans Month, Beat the Heat, Berry Fresh, Canned Food, and Celebration of Chocolate Month, to name a few of the monthly observances. There are a lot, pages and pages here, a lot of material for people to work with there. The first week of February, U.S. Snow Sculpting Week, not here on Guam, African Heritage and Health Week, Women's Heart Week, Cordova Ice Worm Day. Not sure what that is. Publicity for Profit. Uh, let's see here. The first week also includes a couple other holidays in here. Let me see. if. Well, that's about it for the first week. Let's talk about some specific days. Since this is only the second, we'll just talk about the f- first few days of the month. The first was Car Insurance Day yesterday. Change Your Password Day. Decorating with Candy. G.I. Joe Day. Uh, let's see, Baked Alaska Day, never had that, I've seen it, but never had it myself, Freedom Day, Robinson Crusoe Day, and, uh, let's see, World Hijab Day, and World Read Aloud Day. Today is Ayn Rand Day of the famous novels, uh, with a political agenda, Atlas Shrugged, Bonza Bottler Day, 2 2. Remember, Bonza Bottlers any time the month and the day have the same number. So, this is a Bonza Bottler Day, 2 2. Bubblegum Day, Crepe Day, uh, Give Kids a Smile Day, Groundhog Day, Heavenly Hash Day, Hedgehog Day, National Wear Red Day, Rheumatoid Awareness Day, Sled Dog Day, uh, World Play Your Ukulele Day, and Wetlands Day. Tomorrow's Barber Day. Four, Chaplain's Day. Ice Cream for Breakfast Day is tomorrow, right after the 5K. You can have ice cream for breakfast. National Carrot Cake Day. Mm, good reason to run a 5K. Patient Recognition. Take Your Child to the Library tomorrow day. And The Day the Music Died, the fourth, Facebook's Birthday. Homemade Soup Day. Let's see here. Create a Vacuum Day. Stuffed Mushroom Day is Sunday, Popcorn Day, Quacker Day, Rosa Parks Day, Scout Sunday, Super Bowl is Sunday, and USO Day, along with World Cancer Day. Those are just some of the things that are happening this week because it is February. Now, I do want to take a little break for our harvest highlights for today. I hope that you stick around. We have almost two hours remaining of live till 5. It's 3.11 p.m., On Friday, February 2nd, if you're listening to the live broadcast, again, you can catch us Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. So catch us on The Rebound, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Here on KHMG 88.1 FM Harvest Family Radio. And uh, stick around. We're going to have a little Harvest Highlights, and we'll be back with more Live Till 5 after this short break. we're back with a little more live till 5 on this Friday, February 2nd, 3:20 p.m. here at the KHMG studios. I'm glad to have you with us today. Hopefully you get to listen. If you ever miss part of the show, Saturdays noon to 2, Sunday nights 7 and 9 p.m. or download the podcast through khmg.org. That's khmg.org. Let us know you're listening. Find us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Send us a little note, give us a little thumbs up. Follow us Then when you do that, you'll be notified every time we have a new podcast come out or a new video we're linking to. Anytime we put up random bits of poetry by our station manager, special photographs, things like that. So we'd love to hear from you. It's a great way for you to be able to communicate back with us. We're always communicating to you. But we have no idea how many people are listening. But when we get a little note from someone, it's just so nice. Heard this week from at least two different people, new contacts that they were listening to our radio station so that was really a blessing we love being a ministry to you Harvest Family Radio has been on the air almost 23 years now and uh, continue to broadcast beautiful Christian music Bible based programming 24 hours a day 7 days a week locally produced much of our programming not all of it we have some stuff that we are able to share with you that's imported, but much of it we're producing right here. Either messages that were preached at Harvest, different pastors and pastoral staff and guest speakers we've had here at Harvest. We've put together a number of great programs, many of them available in podcast form, by the way, including but not limited to Building Great Leaders with Dr. Les Olala, Living Redemptively with Dr. Doug McLaughlin, Take Note, Chris Harper putting together a little afternoon package that is live, but then later on edited for podcast harvest echoes which are classic messages preached here at harvest that really would be lost in the vaults of time if we didn't turn them into a little podcast uh heart of harvest and heart of harvest asia which is mostly our own pastor pastor marty heron preaching here at harvest and then, of course, Live Till 5, we have that show on there as well. So we encourage you to subscribe to some of our podcasts through our website, khmg.org. You can also contact us through the website. You can email us there. You can always stop by the radio station. You know, we're located on the third floor, directly above the Hub, Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore. And we are just right up here every day. Sebastian and Chris, during normal business hours, love to meet you if you're a listener. And... Uh, We'd love to hear from you. If you want to send us a private message through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam, let us know what you think of the shows. Let us know of any ideas, suggestions you might have, or just uh, positive comments. We'd love to get those. It's a very big encouragement to us. So I'm glad to have you with us this afternoon. Now, one of the little segments we added into the show not too long ago, a couple months ago, I think, we call it Happy Little Accidents. One of my favorite segments. Happy Little Accidents from the book titled Accidents May Happen, 50 Inventions Discovered by Mistake by Charlotte Foltz-Jones. Provided by Helen, one of our faithful listeners. Today, we're in a new category of accidents, Happy Little Accidents. Under the chapter title Child's Play, Today's accident, probably the most famous type of thing you would think of. When you think of Benjamin Franklin, for example, remember he went out into a lightning storm and what did he play with while he was out there? What was he flying that day? Well, it was a kite. 1752, he flew a silk kite in a thunderstorm to prove that lightning and electricity are the same thing. But kites have been used for many hundreds of years. Most experts believe kites originated in China, where many good things originated, actually, like spaghetti noodles, for example, about 3,000 years ago. At first, they were not used as a way to have fun on a breezy afternoon. The Chinese army used them as signals. A kite's color is a painted pattern, and the way it was flown could send messages far away. Kites were also used as beacons to distribute pamphlets or even transport bombs. Chinese soldiers tied bamboo shoots or stiff paper to their kites. When the kites soared overhead, the wind blew through the bamboo or paper and made a harsh whistling sound. The noise terrified the enemy, and they ran. Just as today's kids imitate adults by playing with toy guns and toy airplanes, Chinese children quickly began flying kites. Kites have been used through the centuries in religious ceremonies, festivals, and as tools for studying weather. Kites contribute to people's knowledge as they began to build airplanes as well. There's actually a Kite Flyers Association out of Rockville, Maryland you can look up. If you send them a self-addressed stamped envelope to the Kite Flyers Association, they'll actually give you a free membership. Cool! Homeschoolers, do that. Kite Flyers Association, 1559 Rockville Pike in Rockville, Maryland, 20852. 20852. There you go. Kite Flyers Association. And that is our happy little accident for today. Pretty cool. I got to see some people kite boarding this last Saturday. It was so breezy. And we were down at the Asin Memorial Park. And it looked like they were having a gathering of all the kite boarders on Guam. There were probably at least 20 kite boarders down there with their gear, some in the water, some out of the water but they had taken up the whole north end of the park basically and had all their kites on display there were some people getting some serious hang time out there in the the Assen Bay and it was so windy i can't even imagine that not just getting away from you but you know that's why they do it it's got to be pretty thrilling i'm sure so have you ever flown a kite we used to fly kites in our neighborhood but we always had to watch out because we had power lines and my dad being an electrician put a healthy fear of electrical shock into me. And so if the kite ever got away from us, we'd have to basically just let it go because we were afraid it would touch a power line and, and we'd get the old Ben Franklin effect. So yeah, kites, it's nice and breezy this time of year. If you have a chance, go buy a kite, take your kids down to Aston park. It's a nice clear area where there's no power lines and, uh, Enjoy flying a kite. I know sometimes we'll have a little kite festival down there where people bring really elaborate kites. That's a lot of fun as well. So, anyway, kites, happy little accident. I'm glad to have you with us today. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 251, 327 p.m. on this Friday, February 2nd. And uh, our theme today is really a potpourri of different things. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl in a little bit. We also have This Day in History, What's in My Coffee, we have some Stranger Than Fiction stories, including uh, the, the kind of subtopic of the day, talking about the U.S. Naval Academy, and John Paul Jones. So a lot of neat things to talk about today. Let's, uh, let's pick up a few, few fun things, Stranger Than Fiction-type things from World Magazine. Just got this latest issue in this week. Let's see here. Under their dispatches, Quick Takes, child development has a useful tip for making six-year-olds more productive. Dress them up as Batman, according to a study in the Academic Journal, September-October issue. Researchers found young children worked harder when they dressed up as superheroes like Batman or other popular children's entertainment icons like Dora the Explorer or Bob the Builder. In the experiment, children between the ages of four and six old were given... Repetitive tasks to accomplish along with the option of taking a break to play games on an iPad. Those who imagine themselves as popular fictional characters perform more work and took fewer breaks to play iPad games. That's an interesting study. If that's true, I wonder if it's true for adults because we could just let everyone around here dress up like superheroes every day. We might get more work done. We had a superhero day this week with uh, Spirit Week. Sebastian, did you dress up for any of the Spirit Days this week? Uh, the closest I got was a villain, and I had a Darth Vader shirt. Because Darth Vader is the ultimate villain. He's so. he's one of them. I mean, you know, he's in the top five, maybe top 10 pretty sure he is the ultimate no, villain. No, Lex, Lex <laughs> Luthor is, is up there, too. Yeah. I mean, Darth Vader, though, did blow up entire planets. I don't know. When you hear Darth Vader, you're like, yeah. When you hear Lex Luthor, you're like,
1: who is that again? Yeah.
0: Well, you know. <laughs> you, 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 you might have a point there, you know, but it, you have, Star Trek fans are probably screaming at the radio right now telling us what the, the greatest villain in Star Trek is, but I'd, I'd give you that Darth Vader's the greatest science fiction villain of all time, so. Oh, okay. All there right. you go. Yeah. Good enough. We can do a poll sometime. Yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. Get a little <laughs> vote going there. Uh, Here's a couple other stranger than fiction stories, by the way. More than 2,000 years after Emperor Augustus banished the prolific poet from Rome's golden age of literature, Rome's city council has officially rescinded the exile. The wildly popular poet, Ovid, whose sense of morality clashed with the conservative Augustus, found himself exiled in 88 to the Black Sea town of Thomas in present-day Romania. There, the poet lived out his days until his death in 8017. In uh, in rescinding the exile on December 14th, the city council expressed regret and hoped to repair the serious wrong suffered by Ovid. Last year, an Italian village issued a similar apology, saying it was sorry for the role it played in the 14th century poet Dante's exile from Florence in 1302. A lot of apologies going around. I guess that's not a bad thing. Uh, Let's see here. Nothing would get in the way of nausea thomas's schoolwork not even childbirth the kansas city college student and expectant mother faced a dilemma while studying for finals at the johnson county community college in december thomas a sophomore had been aiming to finish the final psychology paper early so that she could focus on motherhood but she went into labor and had to be admitted to the hospital before getting a chance to finish the coursework so thomas while prepping to give birth finished the writing of the paper on her laptop while sitting in the hospital bed december 11th she gave birth to a son the next day Wow, that's commitment. We have a hard time getting people to do homework uh, with much less distractions than uh, full-term labor. How about this? Alan Robinson and Walter McFarlane have been best friends for 60, that's a six zero years, and until recently, they thought they knew each other pretty well. After becoming buddies in sixth grade, Robinson and McFarlane found they enjoyed uh, spending time together. Over the years, the two Oahu residents swam and fished together and played football, softball, golf, and cribbage. But when the two pals each became curious to learn about their family's backgrounds, Robinson was adopted. McFarland never knew his father. They submitted to DNA testing and got a surprise of their lives. According to the test results, Robinson and McFarland are biological half-brothers, sharing the same mother. It was a shock, definitely, Robinson told KHON-TV in December. This is the best Christmas present I could ever have imagined. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, right? How about this one here? A generous inheritance from a German truck driver created six months of side work for a patient German banker. When the driver died in May, he left his family with 5,500 pounds of coins he had collected during the three decades of travel. Most of the coins were denominations of Deutschmarks, which were phased out of circulation in 2002, but can still be converted into euros. The family transported the coins, more than a million of them, stash and freezer bags by van to a branch of the German Central Bank, where employee Wolfgang Kermit took on the tedious task of cleaning, sorting, and tallying the deposit by hand. I quite enjoy doing such things, so in that sense, it wasn't a problem, Kermit told German public broadcaster NDR. When he finished the count in December, the inheritance totaled $9,400. Wow, that was probably not worth the bank's time. Uh, to pay someone to do all that sorting. But, you know what? It's okay. It's alright. No problem. Hey, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little what's in my coffee, a little this day in history, et cetera, et cetera. So stick around. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG Harvest Family Radio. Episode 251. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. More Live Till 5 after this short break. And we're back with a little more live till 5, 3.37 p.m. on this Friday, February 2nd, episode 251. Glad to have you with us. We've passed the quarter century mark, I guess. It's the 251st, so we're almost at 500 if you round up. You know, that's, that's saying something. So we're approaching 500 because you round up. Between zero and 500, we're a lot closer to 500 now. We're one closer so, you know, it's a it's an economic thing. It's it's the way they do it in the economics business. I they round
2: it. up from two hundred and fifty yeah. 251 to five hundred. Two <sighs> hundred fifty one to five hundred. Two hundred fifty one to five hundred. Yes, because oh.
0: if you're rounding between zero okay. and five hundred, then you have to go five hundred. Two fifty one.
2: I like that accountant if he says you know yeah if he rounds my finances up. Yes. Yes. Well, you yeah. would like
1: that. So if you had two hundred fifty one dollars and he says you have about five hundred. <laughs> yeah, right. No. hey. Yeah. I spend
0: about four hundred ninety-nine dollars. Round, <laughs> Round it up. That's fine. Yeah. So anyway, hey, uh, Lawrence Nangast, his uh, his time with us today is uncertain because he's he's not feeling too great, and you know he's got this big five K tomorrow to win and everything. So we're gonna have uh, Joe Sarni join us today hey. because he is a he's a, he's a fan favorite, very popular especially with our lady listeners and so we, right. we're trying to meet all the different demographics ladies kids house pets um,
2: inanimate to, objects
0: inanimate objects <laughs> I'm trying to think of corn uh, there's a lot of different yeah corn. there's a lot of different uh, uh, people that are just like oh boy I hope Joe's on the show today so all those people and all those things you know your 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 wish has been granted. Joe is here, and it's going to be great to have him here with us, uh, because he's so good at describing these coffee drinks. It's Um, wet. Unlike that guy we had last week, he's like, I don't like it. What is it? That was uh, Ray's, but we we kind (laughs) of set him up, because we gave him a sugar-free splash that looked like water, and he got a drink of it, he didn't know what to expect, and it kind of hit him wrong. And He's not into sugar-free flavors anyway, but we're all... Some of us are on a diet here, so everyone's having to suffer with the same uh, uh, sugar-free concoctions that we're all getting. But, you know, it's not really suffering. It's actually really tasty. And this segment's brought to us by The Hub, by the way. Best little coffee shop on Guam. With a lot of different drinks and snacks, cookies, muffins, malasadas. I like it a lot. I like all those things way too much. That's why I'm on a diet. I go there every day to the hub it's a great place you can say hi to jeremy and megan and Brittany and kayla and sunny down there they're just a great great staff you can also get uh canned and bottle drinks now they have some like you can just grab a quick bottle of water if you need to and get in and out really fast they also have a bundle deal harvest hats and shirts they have a bundle deal i believe it's 30 bucks for a hat and a shirt which is really a great deal because that's the price of the hat at retail. So anyway, let's play a little. What's in my coffee? We all have drinks from the hub that they provided so generously to us. We figured last week we've had over a thousand drinks provided to us by the hub at about three fifty a drink. That's thirty five hundred dollars in drinks. We're we feel very blessed. They uh, make these drinks for us every week. Even sometimes when the hub is closed, they'll make drinks for us or they'll make some kind of provision so we can get something. And uh, in exchange, we try to promote what they. What they make down there. So we're all drinking. I'll, I'll start today. I, ne- I never start the roundup. I have a hot drink. I think I have the only hot drink. And uh let me let me get a little whiff of this. Mm, it's it's sweet. It smells like vanilla. It's hot. Uh, not so hot you can't drink it. It's got tea in it. I believe this is a sugar-free London fog, which I got one of these for my friend Abby the other day, and she really liked it. But she didn't get the sugar-free, but I get the sugar-free. I believe this is sugar-free London, flo- London flog, London flog, London flog, which is a, uh, that's
2: when they a punishment. They use That's right. It's a London <laughs> flog. London when you're flog. staying in the
0: tower of London, uh, you get a London flog. <laughs> when you're, when you're on the streets of London, you get a London fog. So it's, um, I believe it's Earl gray tea and steamed milk and a little shot of sugar-free vanilla flavor. So Chris, what, what does yours taste like there?
2: Well, first of all, I have to mention that they also brought in a an everything bagel. I think that's what you call those. Oh, I'm so jealous. An everything bagel, and you guys could not have that. <laughs> yes, we because cannot. Because of your diet. Yes. So I immediately latched onto yes. that. Did it have cream cheese? It had cream cheese. Oh. And it had plenty of cream cheese. Lots like, of cream I, cheese. I, see, I like it when I like to have a, a little bagel with my cream yes, cheese. Yes. And it was like so $10 I mean, worth of cream you, cheese. Well, you, yeah. and
0: you grew up in bagel country. I mean, up That's there, right. other than New York City, I think uh, that, that Pacific Northwest area, bagels are a big deal. Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, we yeah. We eat
2: a lot of bagels, and I grew up eating bagels all the time. Oh, so yeah. So I love, and that was a good toasted everything yep. bagel. It was
0: warm. When I handed you the bag, yes. it was like toasty warm.
2: And I hate uh, it. In just I'm talking no about time food a lot. I'm it's talking great. about food a lot. So, anyway, that's the first thing I had. Great. You guys didn't partake in that. No. But if you if you go to the hub. When you say pick everything up,
0: bagel, maybe someone's not uh, familiar with everything bagel lingo. So, what is seeds everything?
2: Seeds of different sorts and. Uh, like sunflower seeds sunflower on it. Sunflower seeds yep. are on it and, and uh, poppy seeds yep. and. Uh, there's some other stuff. That's some stuff salt on and I, I seasonings. Think it's, uh, salt and seasonings. And then I think there are onions as yep. well. Yep. Uh, yep.
0: Which doesn't sound as tasty as it actually is. Like oh, if you yeah. tell, oh, I got onions on my. Well, onion bagel is actually a popular bagel in yeah. the States. Mm-hmm. And it really goes well with like a cream cheese or something because it kind of offsets it. But anyway, everything bagel. It was fantastic. Just, just keep talking like about it for a little longer because I'm really.
3: Like those onion bagels, they make like good bread for like a
2: sandwich. Oh, and yes. You know, they too. sure do. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yes, and me and Sebastian are trying to low carb. Let's it. talk about the most unhealthy
1: thing ever. So, <laughs> yes, you got like the Krispy no. Kreme donuts, oh. and you place it between like those burgers, apparently. And oh, it's like boy. super bad for you. Oh, man.
3: Dunkin'
0: Donuts did that for donut day.
3: Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: now the thing that I could have that Chris has My is uh, what he's drinking. What does it taste like?
2: This is pretty good, actually. This is a tea drink, a cold tea drink. And unfortunately, I can see the tea bag, and it says vanilla bean. But I did know when I took a drink of it, I knew it was vanilla bean, but it is uh, flavored. It is sweet. It is cold. It is refreshing. Great. It went well with my everything bag. Great description.
0: Great description. I hope, hope people are listening so they can prep themselves next time they're invited in to describe a drink, that they can do it just that way. Three excellent adjectives to describe their drink. Yeah. Okay, Sebastian, no pressure. No pressure. Thankfully, this does not taste like
1: blood clots, because you know I had wisdom wisdom teeth fall oh, out. Oh boy! Good thing you <laughs> explained that. Wow, our listeners just literally
0: drove off the road.
2: <laughs> what <laughs> blood clots.
0: Yeah, because you know I'm using a straw. Last but, week he had four wisdom teeth pulled in the morning, and then he came into the show um, all pain medicined up uh, for for part of the show. So okay, all right. So it,
1: it was worth. I almost
0: dedicated. So to now it. we
1: know what it doesn't taste like. It does taste like a sugar-free vanilla cold brew. That nice. is exactly what it tastes like. But okay. it might be the
0: caramel Could caramel. Be. Could be. Could be one of those. All right. Joe, how about
3: yours? It's uh, a cold iced tea, um, sugar-free. And uh, I think it's like a fruity flavor, but I can't tell what um, what fruit, but uh, some kind of fruity flavored iced tea. Okay,
0: all right. Well, let's let's do the big reveal here. Uh, you have number one, Joe. You have the orange dulce with honey. Mm. So it is sugar-free, but honey actually is not a diet sweetener. And so uh, you have orange dulce. Um, let's see. Number two was Chris's, which is vanilla bean with honey. Uh, number three is my sugar-free London Fog. And number four is, oh, wow. Sebastian, you have the sugar-free caramel hazelnut divinity. I t- I totally should have got that. I was yeah. a fool. And then uh, <laughs> the bagel—it's bagel with butter is only three dollars, and with cream cheese is three fifty. Everything blueberry or plain. Yeah, that's those are the three kind of bagels they have. Three dollars if you get a bag, toasted bagel with butter. Three fifty with cream cheese. Worth every penny. Get that with one of these sugar-free London fogs, and at least you're not gaining too many calories from the drink so you can enjoy all the overflowing cream cheese that Chris was talking about. So, excellent. Well, hey, Sebastian has a little quiz for us, and uh, since Joe is here and Joe's so good at these, we want to take a little time to play Sebastian's quiz. Yeah, it's quiz time. And I call it,
1: the Super Quiz. Bet you can't guess what it's about something that's coming up soon super glue oh not super glue super novas super not mario super brothers Nova. not supernovas joe can you guess super bowl the super bowl yeah. oh man joe's already yay. on a roll all right well six questions here and right. uh, i try not to do two you know like Statistical, like yeah, um,
0: especially since Lawrence is in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, who had a thousand touchdowns? Now, in just their for the career? record, before before we get started on this, let me just ask. First off, Chris, do you care who wins the Super Bowl this year?
2: No, not really. No, okay. I can't, it's just too. Two of those eastern teams that who wants them to win.
0: Yeah.
2: All
1: right.
0: Yeah. Sebastian, what about you? Do you care who wins?
1: I want the Eagles to win because I became a fan when they went to the Super Bowl in two thousand four. Yes. And uh so this is the first time they've been back since then. Yes. Uh, it was it's true. McNabb and Owen back then. So yes. now yep. we've got some solid guys
0: in there now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And how did how did that Super Bowl go in two thousand and four? They lost. To who? That's all I remember.
1: Oh I, it was the it was the Patriots I
0: believe. Yes. yeah so let me ask Joe
1: do you, are you rooting <laughs> for anyone in
3: the Super Bowl I mean I wouldn't mind the Patriots to win. Yeah be, Joe's from New nice.
0: Hampshire if you live anywhere in the six New England states you are required to be a New England Patriots fan you definitely cannot root for a New York team That's right you you, you will be tarred and feathered and <laughs> carried to the Mason Dixon line <laughs> and dropped off I so I got to admit I am rooting for the Patriots. Once I moved to New England for those two wonderful years of my life, uh, they were the coldest years, except for horse flies or uh, uh, black fly season. But anyway, um, when you start rooting for winners, it's just so hard to go back to rooting for your home team. <laughs> so the Patriots really, Belichick, Brady, I mean, come on. How can you not think they're going to win? However... After watching some of the videos with the Eagles, some of the Christians that are on the team, things like that, I won't shed a tear if the Eagles win. I think that'll be really great. It'll be a David and Goliath type story. But, um, you know, the odds are not in their favor. Let's just say that. I think the Patriots just know how to win. And I was just listening to, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dahani Johnson, I believe, who played on the 2004 Eagles. And he was talking about how, The Eagles need to be careful. Even if they were up 24 points in the fourth quarter, that's really when the game begins for the Patriots. And so this will be one of those games where no one turns the game off until the game is literally all the way over because Mm -hmm. of the way the Patriots play. So Mm -hmm. they're really good at coming back. So anyway, hey, Super Bowl's on Monday for Guam, Sunday in the States. So let's have our little super quiz. All right, well, we'll start with Chris and go all the way
1: around to Joe at the end there. So uh, question number one, true or false? The name Super Bowl was coined with the first Super Bowl on January 15th, 1967. False. Falsity.
0: Uh, hmm. Let's see. I think it was Lamar Hunt is the one who came up with that. I would say true. Taru.
3: Hmm. False. False. I'll go with Chris on this one. <laughs>
1: Well, it is false. It was called the AFL-NFL World Championship. Oh. And then it was su- it was coined Super Bowl with Super Bowl three. Okay. So only there a couple Super go. Bowls later. So that's a point for that's super. Chris and Joe. You can bowl me over with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. How young was the youngest player who played in a Super Bowl? Oh. 19, 20, 21, or 22. Uh, 19. I would say 20. 20. 19. It's a kind of a hard question. It was 21. Oh, uh, wow. Really? Packers lineman, Brian Bulaga, I don't know how to say his last name, is the youngest player to ever start a Super Bowl. He was 21 years old and 322. He was 21 years and 322 days old. So, oh, he wow. Was almost, so he's almost 22. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay.
2: That's the youngest one. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. It's so,
0: not like the NBA where guys go, we're, you know, there was a time where guys were going straight to pro basketball out sure. of high school. I guess yeah. football, LeBron James. they want you to keep growing and yeah. things like that. Maybe, yeah, get a little more
1: experience. Soccer,
2: they can play in the world. Guys play in the World Cup at 16, 17 yep. years wow. old. Wow. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. All right, next question. How many times has the opening kickoff of a Super Bowl been returned for a touchdown? How many times? One, two, four, or five. I'm going to say four. Four. I'm going to say two. Two. One. One. Joe is correct. Only oh. one. The opening kickoff kick off has been returned for a touchdown only once. Devin Hester in Super Bowl. Um, I don't know how to say that. I, I can't remember what number it C- g- is. Give, give X- us the letters. XL. So that would be 40 yeah. one. 41. 41. Yeah. yeah. I remember 40. seeing that game, too. Yep. Uh, yep. Bears, I think. Yeah. Uh, Hester, yeah, uh, I think yeah, I'm pretty so. Pretty sure, I think so. Yeah, he started out, at least he started out there, yeah, and um, boom, uh, I remember that. So yep, Joe has two points there. Now, uh, question number four: Within the last ten years, about how much of a bonus will players make if they win the Super Bowl? Mm. One thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, or a million dollars? I'm gonna say a hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand. Yeah, might be more. I would say. Ten thousand. Ten
3: thousand. I'm gonna guess a hundred thousand as well.
1: Hmm. It is a hundred thousand. Wow. Uh with the losing team getting a bonus of around fifty thousand. Um in Super Bowl one, they had a bonus of fifteen thousand dollars for the winner and seventy five hundred
0: for the losers. So
1: just the difference wow. between that wow. and
2: yeah. That would have still been pretty good. Yeah. That would have been a great. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's
0: like doubling the annual wage yeah. since a lot of those guys had regular jobs in the off season.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh question number 5. The Super Bowl trophy is made by Tiffany and & Co and costs about how much? $10,000, $15,000, $25,000 or $50,000. $25,000. 25k, 50k. 50k. 50,000. Fifty K. Chris is the correct one here. It's twenty five thousand dollars. Wow, I am I'm on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, no chance right here, Chris. Or sorry, Jared. That's okay. <laughs> Last question. I'm an optimist. This is between Chris and Joe, really, but here we go. I could mess it up. You could. <laughs> uh true or false. No team has ever been shut out in the Super Bowl. Mm, like scored
0: oh. no points. Scored no points
2: trying to think of my historical knowledge of this
0: so if you say true you're saying no team has been shut out
2: yes correct no team has been shut out i'm gonna guess false yeah i'll say false as
0: well i'm gonna say true Hmm.
1: jared gets the only point or yeah jared gets the only point because it's true miami scored the fewest points when it only mustered three and super bowl six against the cowboys so, yeah, th- never been a shutout. So the lowest score of a Super Bowl has Kinda always like been Kind of like this a game. Three. No shutout. I got, I got a <laughs> point got a at point. the end. There you go. So a tie between Chris and Joe. Congratulations.
0: Hey, good job. I think our listeners uh, driving home from church or running around after picking up the kids, some of you football fans could answer those questions maybe a little better than us. As we go into the weekend, of course, we have a couple things happening this weekend, including the Harvest 5K are you guys participating in that? Joe, are you there? Yeah, I'm going to run it. You're going to run it? Give it a shot. You're going to win your age division?
3: I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll see.
0: What's your goal time? What, what would be your what would be a good time for you tomorrow at the stage you're at right now?
3: Goal time? Not like
0: Ben Middlebrook time where he's like, oh, I'll do it in 12 minutes, you know, and break the land speed record. But what <laughs> could you actually run it?
3: I'd be happy if I was around uh, 28, 27 minutes altogether. That's good.
0: Nice comfortable pace. Yep. All right. Sebastian, you gonna do it? Uh, I'm handing out shirts. Okay. So you really a volunteer. want one of those shirts, yeah. Well, if you so. can hand them out really fast, you know. It's uh you may break a record for a shirt handing out. <laughs> uh, Chris, you gonna be there tomorrow?
2: Uh this is one of the harvest events that I've decided not to participate in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't run unless somebody's chasing me <laughs> with a knife or something. But even much. then it's gotta be a really or,
0: sharp knife. Actually,
2: or like I, I will run like for soccer and stuff like that. Yeah, but sure, sure. Pretty sure. much All right. No other running for me.
0: Yeah. Well I I'm gonna be there. In the old days I could uh do the M C part and then I could um I could run. I could basically get it started, run it, and then uh get back, change into a dry shirt, and then uh you know, give away all the prizes. Yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> uh the whole event would be an hour longer if I did that. So yes. now I just give away the prizes and that's my contribution. So I get the shirt. I was there, but I don't have to actually expend a lot of energy. Just time. Right. The hardest part about five K's on Guam is having to get up so early mm. on a Saturday. Yeah. It just seems so counterintuitive to get up early on a Saturday to do that. Yeah. That being said it'll be a lot of fun down at Paseo for our listeners if you want to enjoy a nice 5K you can go by Hornet Sporting Goods this afternoon and sign up or this evening and do your registration. It's only 6 bucks if you register tonight. $10 if you register at the at the Paseo Stadium and uh, if you wait till then you're going to be standing in line at 5 in the morning but showtime 5.15 go time 6am. There's also a 2K for the little kiddos So and all the dads that are, you know, just so heroically saying, "Well, I'll run with the, I'll run the 2K with my child," and really, it's they just don't want to have to run 5K. So there you go. But uh, anyway, hey guys, thanks for giving your time this afternoon and playing the quiz with Sebastian. Joe, anything else you're doing this weekend besides the 5K?
3: Uh, Beach tomorrow Tomorrow afternoon. Just gonna be paddle boarding and playing some spike ball. Nice spike ball. I've heard a lot
0: about it. I haven't got to play it yet.
3: I need I need to try that.
0: Don't get sunburned. Don't get sunburned. Sebastian, you do anything besides handing out T-shirts this weekend?
1: You know, going shopping for something other than putting in applesauce, so that's exciting. That's great.
0: That's (laughs) great.
2: Chris, you do anything else this weekend? Uh, Well, a lot of sick people in our house, so probably just recovering a little bit.
0: Okay. That sounds like the most fun. Of all the three things, recovering at home, actually, maybe it's just my age talking, but uh, that sounds like a good time to me, especially after getting up at 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. So, listeners... We have a whole nother hour of Live Till 5, so I want you to stick around. We're going to have a little SRN news and then uh, Stranger Than Fiction stories, topic of the day. We're going to talk a little more about Super Bowl, some other fun things, so stick around. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barrigada Guam. more live till 5. It's the second hour of this Friday, February 2nd episode. 251 episodes. This is number 251. Been on the air five years now. We began, I believe, the last Friday in January in 2013. And now, look how far we've come. Episode 251, Friday, February 2nd, 4.04 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Broadcasting high top the campus of Harvest Ministries From the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio Glad to be with you The two fastest hours of my week are the 3 to 5 p.m. hour slot When we produce and provide live till 5 Hoping to entertain you Build you up in your Christian walk Edify you and encourage you and inform you Give you a little news and different trivial information We have a lot of fun We hope we put a smile on your face we hear from a number of people. People come up to us, tell us that they're listening to certain episodes. People text us during the show. They'll send us messages on Facebook Messenger, Harvest Family Radio Guam, Facebook Messenger. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, it's just great when we hear back from you. So you can send us an email through our website, khmg.org, or send us a personal message through Facebook, or just give us a little thumbs up. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take anything. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. And uh, if you ever bump into Chris or Sebastian or myself, let us know that you listen to the show. And give us some constructive feedback so that we can make it better. 250 episodes, still figuring out what works. And uh, we love spending time with you on Friday afternoons. Again, you can always download the podcast through our website, khmg.org, khmg.org. Podcast of this show, and many other great programs we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. And if you want some good resources, you can go to our website, khmg.org, and you can actually look at all the different podcasts and sermons that we have, and you can look by topic, scripture passage, speaker, and search for resources that will really help you in your spiritual walk. We want to be a blessing to you, so we're trying to make as many of these great resources available to you. If we didn't do the show like Harvest Echoes, for example, that program, which takes older sermons, sermons that have been preached here at Harvest by missionaries and guest speakers, evangelists, some of our own pastoral staff, present and previous, those would just be lost to time if we didn't produce them, if we didn't turn them into a program, because although they were wonderful when they were first preached, if we don't use them, in a program now, no one will ever hear them again. So we are glad that we're, we have guys like Chris and Sebastian working up here to produce these programs for us. I think it's a real blessing, hopefully to you it is. It is to us. This week I was listening to uh, an old gym. Um, I had to come in really early, like 5.15 a.m. on Tuesday morning, and I caught a little bit of Dr. Carson Fremont's Bible study. And he was talking about uh, 1 Corinthians, I believe it was, First or Second Corinthians. He was talking about the Corinthian church. But just such a, a wise program, such a, a, a neat description of what's happening in that book. And so we have Dr. Carson Fremont's messages available to you. And then uh, it just happened to be that he was also the sermon or the speaker, I believe, uh, during one of our other broadcasts this week as well. So I got to hear two Carson Fremont messages this week. He's in heaven now, but uh, we still get to enjoy some of that teaching and preaching that he provided to us. So let's talk about the Super Bowl. I have some mind-boggling stats about Super Bowl 52, the third Super Bowl in NFL history, first in nearly four year, 40 years to feature two teams that both ranked in the top five in scoring offense and scoring defense. The Eagles were number three in offense and four in defense. The Patriots were number two in offense and five in defense. The other Super Bowls to feature such balanced teams, well, Super Bowl four, Chiefs versus Vikings, yes, and I'm a Chiefs fan if anyone didn't know, and Super Bowl thirteen with the Steelers and the Cowboys. So let's look at some of the stats of the upcoming Super Bowl. Who are you rooting for, by the way? Between the Eagles and the Patriots, my impression is that most of America really wants the Eagles to win. But most of America also knows that that's a tall order because the Patriots are really solid. Super Bowl appearances. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have as many Super Bowl appearances, eight, as any other team in NFL history. uh Let's see here. Except for the Patriots themselves. The Cowboys, Steelers, and Broncos have eight each and are the only teams to match Belichick and Brady. Let's see here. If the Patriots win Super Bowl 52, Belichick and Brady will have twice as many playoff wins as any other head coach or starting quarterback combination in the NFL history. Belichick and Brady currently have 27 wins, 13 ahead of the second place, which is Chuck Noll and Terry Bradshaw duo in the Steelers' They had 14. If the Patriots win Super Bowl 32, Belichick and Tom Brady will have twice as many playoff wins as any other head coach starting quarterback. Let's see here. Oh, that was repeated in this article. That's funny. Uh, Let's see here. Belichick will take part in his 11th Super Bowl as head coach or assistant, the most among any coach in the NFL history. That amounts to 21.2% of all Super Bowls in NFL history and 34.4% of all Super Bowls since the first appearance of the Giants defense coordinator in 1986. Belichick used to be with the Giants. No player in NFL history has led the NFL in passing yards and won the Super Bowl in the same season as Tom Brady can do this season. So he had 4,577 passing yards this season passing yardage leaders are 0 and 5 when they advance the Super Bowl. Very interesting stat there. Only two players in NFL history have thrown 25 plus passing touchdowns in a season with two or fewer interceptions. Tom Brady, 28 touchdowns, two interceptions in 2016, and Nick Foles, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions in 2013. If Nick Foles leads the Eagles to the Super Bowl victory, he would become the first quarterback to begin a season as a backup and lead his team to the Lombardi Trophy since his Super Bowl 52 counterpart Tom Brady did in 2001. Are the 2017 Eagles the best team that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have ever faced in the Super Bowl? None of New England's prior seven Super Bowl opponents boasted both the top five scoring offense and top five scoring defense as the Eagles does three and four respectively. Uh, Let's see what else here. uh, Let's see. Philadelphia's recovery from the Carson Wentz injury is almost unprecedented in NFL history. Only one other team had a quarterback start the first 13 or more games to begin a season only to have a different quarterback, take them to the super bowl after a season ending injury 1990 new york giants phil sims started the first 14 games then the giants uh then he got injured of course and jeff hostetler ended up leading them into the super bowl let's see um super bowl 52 is the first Super Bowl in history to feature two teams that had a tight end lead the team in both receptions and receiving yards this, during that season. The Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, led the Patriots with 69 receptions and 1,084 receiving yards, while Zach Ertz led the Eagles with 74 receptions and 825 receiving yards. Sorry for all you non-football fans who are listening right now. Please don't doze off. We're almost done. And let's see here. Let's let's wrap it up with this. Legarett, Blount and Chris Long have a chance to become the first players since Deion Sanders to play and win back-to-back Super Bowls with different teams. Sanders won Super Bowl 29 with the 49ers and Super Bowl 30 with the Cowboys. Blount and Long won Super Bowl 51 with the Patriots and now will try to dethrone the former team in Super Bowl 52. Well, that's very interesting. I think it's going to be a good game. And uh, here at Harvest, we have parent teacher conferences that day. So it's a long day for our school teachers, but it does afford them the opportunity if they want to sneak over and watch the Super Bowl before parent teacher conferences begin, they can do such. So that's a lot of fun for them. And then we have a big teen activity that morning. Now, Guam Public Schools, I heard, are in session that day, which is unusual. In previous years, they were off school that day. So we would have a big Super Bowl activity for our Heart for Christ teens so they could all enjoy watching the game and play games themselves. And most of them are not football fans, but just an opportunity to get together and have some good food and fellowship and a challenge from the Word. And so this year, it's primarily Harvest Christian Academy kids that are going to be at that event and homeschool kids. So... It'll be a good time uh, for all, I am sure. Of course, again, we do have the 5K tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, February 3rd. Showtime, 5.15. Go time, 6 a.m. You can sign up at Hornet Sporting Goods. If you're listening to the live broadcast on Friday afternoon, you can go by Hornet Sporting Goods, and you can actually register tonight for $6. That gets you a really nice T-shirt, probably the coolest T-shirt I've ever seen in a 5K. It's a dry fit It's a great logo. It doesn't look like any other 5K t-shirt. It's black with uh, some really cool design on it. It was a collaboration effort between our graphic designer, Kristen, and our friends over at Hafaloha, so hat tip to both of them. And uh, so it's worth the price of admission to get the shirt. If you come on Saturday morning, I would recommend getting there as close to 5 o'clock as possible so you're not waiting in line too long. You can register With cash, $10 at 5 a.m. Go time for the race is 6 o'clock. So you got to be ready for that and be there all warmed up, ready to go. Also, for the 5K, one final thing is you do need to know that you have to park across the street. So all of Paseo's parking will be blocked off for the 5K itself. So you need to park across the street, kind of on the, you can parallel park on the streets there in Aganya. There's some other parking lots as well, but just be aware. Get there early so you're not rushing around because the part of the road's gonna be blocked off and everything. So we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, a little more live till five, including the news with Chris Harper. So stick around. More live till five after this.
2: It will help every day.
0: We're back with a little more live till five. One to wish one of my my compadres, one of my comrades, one of my, my buddies, one of my one of my office mates. He's the only office mate I have. Brian Lennertz, Pastor Brian, to many, turned 32 years old today. I know he doesn't look it with all that gray hair and the Bags under his eyes and things like that. But he's only 32, folks. And uh, all the other aging comes from an active young family that does not allow him to sleep as well. Chris, can you relate to that a little bit? When your kids were under the age of four, you probably had at least two under the age of four at any given time.
2: For Well, we years. had four in five years. Four wow. kids in five years. So, yeah, we had them. But actually... Most of the kids slept pretty well, mm-hmm. apart from our first. Elizabeth didn't always go to bed on time, but I don't. I, I find myself not remembering as well as I used to. Maybe that's one of those not, graces
0: that God just gives yeah. us so that we don't, we don't yeah. retain that part of it.
2: Because I, really, I don't really remember that I was up all the time.
0: Well, see, that right there gives people like Brian hope that, hey, yeah. you know, 10 years from now, you won't even remember that you haven't slept in a week. Yeah, you know. So, just kidding. Brian does not have big, saggy, you know, black circles under his eyes, and doesn't have a lot of gray hair. He's young and fit. And he's uh, only
2: thirty-two, though. Huh? Thirty-two. Wow. Thirty-two. That means I'm almost ten years older than him.
0: Yes. Yes. And yeah. uh, I'm. I'm almost. I am thirteen years older than him. Yeah. He's just a young pup. He's just. Wow. You know we. You know, and we tease him a lot because he is a young pup, and we can do that. And so, and even wishing him a happy birthday on the radio might draw more teasing because when people hear that, they might text him and send him, yeah. you know, birthday wishes that he might or might not have been soliciting. So there it you go. He won't hurt. He can take it. Yeah, happy birthday, Brian! Glad to have you around on this planet for 32 years. Hopefully, you get at least a couple more out of the deal. Please. <laughs> <At> uh, <laughs> And uh, so, seriously, happy birthday. He's a good man, a good dad, good husband, good friend, and a pretty decent office mate most of the time.
2: All right. Chris. Yes. What do we have happening in the news? Well, several things. We've commented on Amazon.com uh, a number of times because a lot of um, things happening with that company, becoming quickly becoming uh, one of the largest companies in the world. Amazon.com on Thursday reported a profit of nearly billion, the largest in its history, as the online retailer drew millions of new customers to its prime fast shipping club. I'm a member of that club. I'm in on that. Uh, For the holiday season, as a change to U.S. tax law added to its bottom line. The Seattle-based company is using fast shipping, television shows exclusive to its website, and forays into new technology, such as its voice-controlled Alexa devices. A lot of people around here have those. I know the guys in the office here have those Alexa devices. Uh, That's to attract high-spending Prime members. Amazon said price cuts at Whole Foods Market, which it acquired for $13.7 billion last year, are helping it to win in grocery sales too. We talked about that purchase when that happened. The world's largest online retailer said net income more than doubled to a dollar 86 or I'm sorry. I said a dollar 86. It's actually 1.86 billion dollars. There's a there's slight difference slight there. Slight difference or three uh, the the reason I was looking at the share prices for the stock which is $3.75 Per share in the fourth quarter, which ended December 31st, its profit received a provisional $789 million boost from the U.S. Republican tax bill, which was passed in December. Analysts on average were expecting just $1.85 per share, but it turned out to be $3.75 dollars 75 uh, kind of a sad story here, and uh, it comes on the heels of bad news throughout the week regarding abortion. Um, if you watch the debate on the uh, Senate floor about the um, 20-week abortion uh, bill, um, if you, by the way, on that, if you want to go check out Ben Sass, he had he gave a speech on the Senate floor regarding the scientific understanding of uh, um, babies in the womb and also our moral uh, obligation to babies in the womb, and it's about as good as it gets uh, by Ben Sass. So if you can Google that, I posted that on Facebook here a few days ago. But uh, on the heels of that decision, which was unsuccessful in uh, regulating the 20-week abortions... I
0: believe there's going to be a similar bill offered here in Guam. uh, I think that was part of that rally for life last weekend was the announcement that there's a 20 week uh, legislation coming up.
2: Pain capable abortion uh, bill. So uh, California would be the first state to require public universities to offer abortion drugs under legislation approved in the state Senate on Monday. If the bill eventually becomes law, It would mark a vast expansion of services that are rare on college campuses. None of the 34 University of California or California State University campuses currently offer abortion services at their health centers, instead referring students to outside providers. A group of private donors, some of them anonymous, plan to pay for up to $20 million in startup costs if the legislation is approved by the California assembly. There's pretty much nothing good to report about that. There, these abortion drugs are not being handed out on these college campuses currently, and uh, yet um, some people with, well, very evil intentions yeah. can to even pay for this to occur. I can't imagine um, something worse, yeah, to be perfectly terrible. honest. it's terrible, it's um, terrible. This is a story we don't usually get into the murder mystery stories here, but I just thought this was interesting after hearing years ago about this. You might remember this. Uh, Los Angeles County homicide detectives have named actor Robert Wagner a person of interest in a probe of an unexplained 1981 drowning of his wife, actress Natalie Wood, saying that the last person with her before she vanished or he was the last person with her before she vanished off the Southern California coast. The latest twist in the mystery surrounding Woods' death came in an on-camera interview of two investigators from the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department by uh, CBS for a new segment on the program, 48 Hours, which is set to air on Saturday, which should be interesting. Excerpts of interviews were released by the CBS network on Thursday ahead of the broadcast. Now, person of interest is a term used by U.S. law enforcement in referring to someone believed to possess information that would help investigators, but they have not been arrested or formally charged, and they are not even necessarily a suspect. But I do remember this uh, from childhood, Natalie Wood's mysterious first disappearance and then mysterious drowning and now it finally comes back to robert wagner and if you had um if you had um if you know anything about him he was in the show heart to heart and a couple of shows that i you know i had seen when i was a kid he was in
0: a uh, movie about uh mountain climbers uh when he was a young actor with um Uh, Mickey uh, Mickey Rooney? No. No. Uh, Who's the guy who acted with um, Catherine Hepburn all the time? Spencer
2: Tracy. Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy was an
0: old mountain climber, and Robert Wagner was a young mountain climber, and they were trying to climb the Matterhorn or something like that. Okay. And uh, I just remember watching that as a kid. Natalie Wood, for those that like classic movies, she was, as a child actress, she was in things like National Velvet, which is all yeah. about this, this racehorse. is a beautiful racehorse. Yeah. I think Mickey Rooney was in that, actually, too. Yeah. Um, and then she, as a little older, she's in the number one w- rated Western of all time, The Searchers, the John Wayne movie. She was the right. daughter that was kidnapped by the Native Americans and taken away.
2: A young buck like Brian Leonard's wouldn't remember any of this. No, But, uh, but I just thought it was interesting because I yeah. had heard this was a very, very mysterious death. Yes. is basically the bottom line. And, yeah, they
0: believe that she cra- her, her her speedboat crashed on the rocks or something after being intoxicated and driving her boat, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So it's sad. Uh, we didn't sad really story. end
2: on a happy story, but, no, but I this, thought it was interesting. You know,
0: that's how Lawrence usually does it anyway, and since he's not here today, it's <laughs> right. kind of a, a homage to uh, Lawrence, and so I feel bad. I'm picking on everyone that can't defend themselves here today, but... Uh, so Chris? Yes. Um, now, were you able to go out and watch the Super Blood yes. New Moon?
2: Yeah, and actually, I um, I took I actually from this window right here mm-hmm. in our studios was a perfect vantage point. Nice, because it was dark right above the right above the building out here. It was very very high in the sky. Yeah, but I set up my camera right here. Opened up the like window. Like on a tripod. On a tripod, okay. of course. Set it up. I had about a, I didn't have quite a long enough lens, about a 300 millimeter lens, which is a long lens, but about 400 millimeter is what you need to fill the frame. I didn't have a 400 millimeter at the time. So uh, anyway, I set it up right here, watched the whole thing happen. I have to say it was a little anticlimactic for me. I didn't really, uh, it, you know, it just seemed like it was this huge right, deal. Right. And then you watch it and you kind of go, yeah. But I did post a picture. Actually, I didn't. I didn't post it on the. Uh, I posted on my Instagram um, at Always Abounding, but it's a it's a picture of each of the stages hmm. of the of the eclipse, and so yeah, I was able to I was able to check it out. I'll show you the picture here. Yeah, while yeah.
0: You're... I remember coming out of a deacons' meeting Wednesday night, and you could see the shadow was just starting to yeah cover part of the moon and i i had to look up to remind myself the difference between like a lunar eclipse and just new moon you know where there's no moon or where you have a crescent moon or whatever and yeah. uh yeah let me see that oh that's cool yeah oh so yeah you got it you got to put this out on the yeah i'll, I'll put it harvest. on the
2: i'll put it on the facebook page it's so neat it, the, it's just the red uh,
0: one the blood one is so cool and the what one thing i read about that was it's like how we experience sunrise and sunset, we have that penumbra or that orange color, I believe. Yeah. And that's the same thing's happening to the moon in this case because the earth is perfectly lined up same plane as the moon. So the light bending around the earth hitting the moon gives that orange hue.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a um it's cool the 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 impact of the transition. Oh yeah. Looks cool, but um But yeah, it was. Yeah, that's a sacrifice
0: of time because it started about what nine thirty and didn't end till well after midnight.
2: Well, the kids were. Well, I didn't stay till midnight. I just stayed till the blood moon, which was about ten fifty. So half
0: of it, you stayed for the first half. Yeah, and
2: the kids were out here kind of playing out on the soccer field. There was a whole group of people that were watching it out on the soccer field, and so the kids were occupied, and I was just able to sit up here. It's kind of nice because. Being inside the building and shooting out the window, the wind isn't hitting your tripod or your, you know, with a long right. lens, just the tiniest movement sure. will cause a blur. And even in here, yep. I found that I was getting a little bit of movement. Really? Uh, you know, you just move on the floor or something yep. like that yep. and, and you don't get that sharp image. But mo- these, I took 89 shots to get these final nine, mm-hmm. right? 89 shots. And really those were the most crisp Shots of the bunch does your
0: camera take those automatically? like you set it up and it takes or do you actually have to push the button to get it
2: to Well, do? I have a shutter release, so it's a it's a cord with a release at the end and then you can set a timer so that you get it still so mm-hmm. that you so that you make sure you take a breath you right know. right right yeah uh, but I, most of them I just took just pushed the button wow. and went so so yeah, you just set it up, make sure everything is still. Some people put a a, a sandbag. There's a little hook on the bottom of the tripod. Oh, I've always they wondered what sandbag. that was for. Yeah, yeah, they put a sandbag on the bottom. I didn't think I needed it in here because I wasn't on, you know, I I wasn't experiencing the wind. But, right. man, it's hard to get right. a crisp. It's hard to get a really clean, crisp image of the moon because, the first of all, the moon is moving.
0: Yes, right.
2: And, you know, any movement of that long lens, just the slightest movement, Will blur things, right? So you have to take a fast shutter speed, about a one. Which a lot of people didn't understand that they needed a fast shutter speed. But if you take it with a slow shutter speed, you can actually see the moon moving in the shot. Really? Yeah, you can. Oh wow! That's how fast. Leaves the moon like a little really. stripe behind yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how slow you take the take the shot, but but I did about a one two hundred and fiftieth of a second, and that way it freezes that motion. Wow. wow. So yeah, it's. It's it's actually quite difficult to do. Wow! So well, you get, have to have the right equipment? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can as long if you had a good if you had a decent DSLR and a long enough. Right. You lens, can't really
0: do it with your iPhone or Android in a way that's no, going to be no, worth. No. Nothing like what you found. Either. No. So, no. Um, now I think the Harvest Christian Academy Science Department had a big telescope out there on the. They on did the soccer fields. Well, they yeah, have a the big brass like one, yeah.
2: Yeah, the kids like that. They went out and were able to look in it and thought it was very interesting, but I think mostly they just ran around and Yeah. Hey, it's an excuse to stay up late yeah. on a school night. Yeah, and they did. And the next day was rough. Yeah. And of course everybody in the house is sick right now too. Yeah. So yeah. I think I don't know if there's a direct correlation. It all catches up with you. Yeah, it catches up with you. Yeah.
0: Did you guys get flu shots this year, by the way? Do you guys do flu shots? Uh,
2: well, I don't think anybody got flu shots, no. Oh. no I got, we don't have ha- the flu. But. I
0: haven't gotten a flu shot for the last two years, and then this year I decided to get it because I'm traveling next week to the States. Yes. There's so many people sick with the flu. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything. If it even lessens the symptoms, because I'm going to sure. be shaking hundreds of hands, Right. And then I'm going to be trapped in smaller airplanes with a lot of people coughing and recirculating air. So I figure it, the best chance I have of not getting super sick, at least, would be by having the flu shot already in my system. If I was just staying here on Guam next week, I probably wouldn't do it. But
2: make sure you train yourself too not to touch your eyes or your yes. mouth or oh your yeah. nose. That's oh yeah. like the key. If you can train yourself not to touch your face at all, right? That's a right. really helpful habit to get into. Doesn't mean you won't get the flu, right? But right. it's just it's just a, a helpful habit. So yeah, yeah. Hey, good advice. You you also
0: offer medical advice on this show.
2: We do what we can.
0: Hey, thanks, Chris. Thanks for doing what you can, and uh, yep. have a great weekend, listeners. Stick around. We have another twenty five minutes of live till five. It is four thirty five p.m. on this Friday, February second, episode two fifty one. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host of Live Till 5. We're going to take a short break, and then a little stranger than fiction, as well as talking about, wait for it, the U.S. Naval Academy and John Paul Jones. I've got so many Navy friends here on Guam. I think it's only right to honor the the great institution of the U.S. Naval Academy. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break. more live till 5 thirty eight p.m on this friday february 2nd episode 251 glad to be with you today i was inspired to talk about this topic sitting at my men's bible study we call it the bgs bible groups busy guys 11 to noon every thursday at the house of chin fee great little place to go for lunch by the way Our good friend Ed there provides coffee and tea and donuts and soup. It's just a a great time. We have about a dozen guys. It's open to anyone that wants to come. Uh, Whether you're seeking, whether you're a growing Christian, whether you just need a little encouragement, a little fellowship, we love having all the different guys there. And a couple of them are Navy guys. Some of them are CBs, other veterans there as well from other branches. But one of the guys, Dave, is a graduate. Actually, Dave and his wife are both graduates of the U.S. Naval Academy. And it got me thinking about some of the things at the U.S. Naval Academy. For example, have you ever heard about John Paul Jones's crypt? First off, maybe you're not a history buff, so let me give you just a little background real quick. This is from history.com. John Paul Jones, famed naval officer, born in Scotland in 1742. His career at sea began at 13, and by 21, he was the captain of the ship sailing between the West Indies and British ports. Jones joined the Continental Navy during the American Revolution, enjoying his greatest successes in international waters. As commander of the heavily armed vessel, the Bonhomme Richard, Jones famously announced that he had not yet begun to fight during a clash with British warship Serapis. He later served in the Russian Navy and died in Paris in 1792. I did not know that. Let's see here. He just, his his life was pretty amazing. But have you heard about his crypt? This is the thing that my friend Dave told me about. The crypt of John Paul Jones. Uh, let's see here. John Paul Jones has been lauded since 1775 as the father of the U.S. Navy. His influence and leadership were foundational in the establishment of our Navy in many ways. The success of our War of Independence. The corporal... Remains of John Paul Jones were interred in a crypt beneath the Naval Academy in 1906 in a ceremony presided over by President Theodore Roosevelt. From the point of his death in 1792 until John Paul Jones's remains had been in the grave in France where he died. So, and this goes on to talk about um, information about his crypt. But basically, because his his remains were preserved i believe in alcohol some form of alcohol that he his his body was so well preserved that when they opened up the sarcophagus and looked at the remains in the preservative he looked just like his statue there at the naval academy pretty cool um let's see here and the US naval academy speaking of When the founders of the United States Naval Academy were looking for a suitable location, it was reported that the Secretary of the Navy, George Bancroft, decided to move the Naval School to the healthy and secluded location of Annapolis, Maryland, in order to rescue midshipmen from the temptations and distractions that necessarily connect with a large and populous city. The Philadelphia Naval Asylum School was the predecessor Four of the original seven faculty members came from Philadelphia. Other small naval schools in New York City, Norfolk, Virginia, Boston, Mass., also existed in the early days of the United States. The U.S. Navy was born during the American Revolution when a need for a naval force to match the Royal Navy became clear. But during the period immediately following the Revolution, the Continental Navy was demobilized, 1785, by an economy-minded Congress. The dormancy of American sea power lasted barely a decade, when in 1794, President George Washington persuaded Congress to authorize a new naval force to combat the growing menace of piracy on the high seas. The first vessels of the new U.S. Navy were launched in 1797. Among them uh, were the United, in the United States. Oh, wait. Among them were one of the ships was called the United States. Another one was called the Constellation. And the other one was called the Constitution. In 1825, President John Quincy Adams urged Congress to establish a Naval Academy, quote, for the formation of scientific and accomplished officers, end quote. His proposal, however, was not acted upon for at least 20 years. So that's just some of the beginning, the the earliest days of the U.S. Naval Academy. And they're producing outstanding naval officers as graduates, even to this day. Pretty, pretty amazing um, I always like watching, like, for example, the Army-Navy game on television. This year I did not get to watch it, but just the patriotism. We've had a few alumni from Harvest Christian Academy that are at the U.S. Naval Academy right now. And it's just such a proud moment to, to find out that one of our own have been accepted, and then they go and they serve. We have one of our alumni, uh, Sam Woborski, went on, and now he's a pilot in the Marine Corps. As an officer and a gentleman, and I know his parents are very proud of him there. We have uh, Shrobat. Megan Shrobat is there at the U.S. Naval Academy now. And we have others who've been accepted there as well. And it's just a a great heritage, probably one of the best things, you know, in a very pragmatic way. Best thing you could ever have on your resume is being a graduate at the U.S. Naval Academy. But one of the best things in your life, teaching you discipline and honor and integrity and respect would be to attend a place like the U.S. Naval Academy. It's not a perfect place, I'm sure, and it is a secular institution, really a public institution by nature, but I do know that uh, it also teaches a lot of good values, and it's done great, much good, I guess you could say, great good for our United States of America. So we salute you, naval officers, and we recognize the contribution of the naval officers and naval enlisted here on Guam. And then we really recognize the contribution of the U.S. Naval Academy to the United States Navy, the greatest Navy on the planet. Just saying. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little more Live Till 5, I want to talk about some by-the-numbers for you. So stick around. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. If you ever missed part of the show, noon to 2, Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m., Sunday night. We do that because we know You probably can't listen to two straight hours of radio on a Friday afternoon. So catch a little bit of it on Saturday, a little bit of it on Sunday night on your way home from church, or download the podcast. Go to khmg.org. That's khmg.org. Subscribe to the podcast for this show and many other great shows, and listen to it at your leisure. Share it with friends on your social media. Harvest Family Radio Guam's our Facebook page. More Live Till 5 after this short break. And we're back with the last 10 minutes of Live Take Till 5. It's 4 49 p.m. on Friday, February 2nd, episode 251. As we wrap up this hour, let me just run some numbers by you. A few interesting little articles I read in Christianity Today. Just got the latest issue the January February 2018 issue. And I'm not the world's greatest fan of Christianity today. Uh, But they do have some good, they call them gleanings here. Little short little stories. For example, this one Chris and I were just talking about. You know, you might not realize it, but if you've had any blessings from Christian radio, that means you've probably been blessed by something that Moody Put out that something that Moody did or influenced because they've had such a, a great influence on Christian broadcasting. Chris used to actually work for a Moody station years ago. And Moody Bible Institute has this long, rich history. One thing that made Moody very attractive to students was that they had these scholarships that would pay almost all your tuition. You only had to cover room and board. And the, those were funded by. Donors over the last hundred years they had a great endowment, I believe. And so, but now, you know, on the heels of, of some seemingly bad decision-making here, in the face of dropping enrollment according to Christianity Day here, Moody Bible Institute said it would shut down its undergraduate campus in Spokane, Washington, and its distance learning site in Pasadena, California. The school will also cut its Chicago staff by about 10%. And transition its seminary programs from 16 weeks to eight week courses, and so um, now, if you read some articles about that, the numbers are a little bit deceiving. They're actually cutting their overall staff by a third, I believe, but by closing those other campuses, it makes it seem like they're only they're cutting 10 percent in Chicago, but then they're getting rid of I think another 20 percent or so from the rest of their faculty they're in very deep debt and it's it's really a, a sad thing to see the saddest part though is that um some of the stories you read about where it's going theologically so we're keeping an eye on that let me uh I'll run just a few numbers by you. this is just an interesting fyi billy graham 99 years old Among Protestant churchgoers with evangelical beliefs, 54% have watched Billy Graham's sermon on television, and I would be part of that. When I was a teenager, uh, I watched Billy Graham. He would have these special broadcasts, a special message from Billy Graham, and it would be on a Friday night. They'd rent television airtime from the major networks and broadcast gospel messages. 23% have listened to one of his sermons on the radio. He used to have a daily radio broadcast on secular and Christian stations all around the world. 19% have read one of his books. I have not done that. 18% have read one of his newspaper columns. I have done that. He used to His column used to be here in Guam, I believe in the PDN at one time. 14% have attended one of his crusades and 10% have watched one of his sermons online, which I recently did. There's a recent one about, um, boy, I'm trying to remember what it was called, but they had a very interesting little movie that combined some of Billy Graham's sermon and kind of a visual illustration of a plane um, that was kind of lost, got lost in a storm and had a crash and very interesting. Here are a couple numbers for us in this last couple minutes. Go figure here in Christianity Day. pastors, spouses, blessed and stressed. Being a pastor spouse is good For faith and bad for friendship, according to LifeWay Research survey of 720 spouses, Protestant pastors, the vast majority were women married to full-time ministers. Um, Two-thirds of them were at least 20 years in ministry. They feel their own personal call to ministry and enjoy their work. Here's a sampling of more than 100 questions they answered. How pastors' spouses feel about their church. Well, spouse uh, not prepared for everything experienced at church- Yes, 45% of those spouses say that. Money, the church we serve, takes good care of us. 85% of spouses say yes. Spouses of pastors say yes. The church takes good care of us, 85%. Church compensation isn't enough to support a family. 60% say yes on that, too. So it's an interesting kind of... uh, uh, doesn't necessarily add up. Church members have resisted the spouse's leadership. Their their pastor's leadership, 72% would say yes to that. Don't confide in people of the church because of past betrayal. 50% of pastor spouses say that. Church offers perks for family like tuition of families like tuition and travel. 36% say yes. 64% they don't. Their marriage congregation expects them to have a model marriage. 86% of pastors' spouses say yes. 86% Spouse gives more attention to the church than their needs. 37% honestly said yes. So about one third of all pastors' wives feel like the church is getting first priority. How many, what percentage plans quality time with their spouse weekly? 30%. So only about a third. Family, church commitments limit family time. Almost 60%. 59% say yes. That's true. Children often don't want to attend church. 24%. One quarter of pastor's families a quarter of them their kids don't want to attend church and the congregation has the right to know what goes on in the family one-third 23 percent of pastor's spouses would agree with that statement so just interesting survey results no commentary needed on those at this time but just uh came across those want to share those with you want to invite you two things If you haven't signed up for the 5K, you can swing by Hornet tonight if you want to save $4 on your registration. Or just show up at Paseo tomorrow morning around 5, 5 5.15. You can register there. $10 a person. You have to bring cash. And uh, you'll get a great T-shirt out of it, some refreshments. All you got to do is walk three miles or walk just two kilometers if you're walking with one of your young children. We have a 2K and a 5K. And we're giving away a lot of great prizes. It's a lot of fun. It's an annual fundraiser for our athletic department. So it's totally going to a good cause here at Harvest Christian Academy. We expect to have between 700 and 1,000 people. The weather has been really nice lately, so we're looking forward to a great day, counting on it being nice. And this is our first time running it at Paseo, and so it should be a great time. Um, Also want to mention, if you do not have a church home, please, please, please come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church. We're located right here in Barragata, off of Sergeant Roy T. Damian Jr. Street, you just turn off of Route 8 at the Mobile McDonald's. You'll see a sign for Harvest Ministries there. Come back down Sergeant Roy T. Damien Jr. Street, about one mile. You'll see the Harvest Campus on the left, a big sign. Turn left, and you can't miss it. She'll run right up into our, our church building and all the parking and everything. You'll be greeted warmly. You'll be treated respectfully. Your kids, if you have children, they'll have opportunity to go to classes that, that meet their age group and their needs, and you'll be fed reliably from God's words. So we just want to encourage you, if you don't have a church home, come visit us at Harvest. If you do have a church home, we encourage you to be faithful to that. A church that preaches the Bible, does it preach the Word of God, are they faithfully dividing the Word of Truth, as the Bible says, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. We want to make sure that you're getting spiritually fed, and if you're part of a church community that does faithfully preach the word, then be there and be all there. Look to be a blessing to other people, not just to receive blessings yourself. I think you'll really be glad you did. Church is not just about coming and being a spectator, like you're going to a sporting event or a concert. And it's not just about doing, like all you do is show up, work, and leave. That wouldn't be right either. It's a place to worship together with brothers and sisters in Christ, to be able to bring friends that maybe are seeking or have questions so they can hear the preaching of God's Word. They can see what true believers are like, and then the opportunity to serve one another is there. And here at Harvest Baptist Church, we definitely have that. There's always something to do, always some kind of need that we could use some more help with, and God might be calling you to fill that need. So, Enough about that. Just want to make sure you knew you are invited. 9.30 a.m. Sunday mornings is our Adult Bible Fellowship and Children's Sunday School Hour. 10.30 a.m. is our morning worship service, the flagship of our ministry. 6 p.m. is what we call Family Bible Hour. Totally different message, totally different theme. The Sunday evenings are a little more casual, a little more informational been saying a lot about our pulpit committee this week. On Sunday night, we're going to be having a pulpit committee meeting with the church where we're sharing some of the information the pulpit committee has has been working through this week. So if you're interested in that, if you're a member of Harvest Baptist Church, I would encourage you to be there Sunday night, 6 p.m. Wednesday nights, of course, we have programs for all ages, classes, prayer meeting, uh, children and teens groups, and we want to be a blessing to you in that way. If you ever need anything, you can call the office 477-6341. 477-6341. Ask for Pastor Jared. Love to talk to you. And let me know that you heard about our church or our our coffee shop or our school through this radio program. It's always a big encouragement to me. And that about wraps it up for this Friday, episode 251, February 2nd, 2018. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. You're listening to Live Till 5, the fastest two hours of my week on KHMG 88.1 FM Harvest Family Radio, Barrigada, Guam. Stick around for SRN News and have a great weekend.